Well, Steve Rezakowski, one of my closest friends, thanks for joining us today on Heroic Hospitality. Thanks for having me. What are those behind you? Did you make those donuts or is that like some sort of a screenshot for off the internet or something? Are you crazy? No, those are the donuts. <laughs> we made those donuts here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, I'm like, Mara's going to have me on here. I might as well get some free press out of this. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we offer donuts it. a couple days a week. Come see us. Oh, <laughs> man. Well, a handful of reasons I wanted to have you on the show. One is because you're one of my dearest friends and one of the most uh, respected chefs in Denver, Colorado, if not the country, in my opinion, of course. <laughs> Excuse me, of course. Um, and the way you've been showing up after um, the restaurants were forced to close a couple months ago and the way you're really enduring this pandemic is a complete and utter champ for not only your community, but your staff and your business. So I wanted to acknowledge that and talk a little bit about that today. But first, if you're coming up on a one-year um, anniversary. Yeah, uh, June. June will be the one-year. June yeah. will be the one year to Annie Rezakowski. Um, yeah. So, lucky girl. I've heard <laughs> she's an amazingly lucky girl. <laughs> um, but I hear all these like um, this quarantine thing is like it's either relationships or like flourishing or it's like getting challenging. Have you had any challenges or any kind of breakthrough moments the last uh, couple months? You know, for me, honestly, it's been exactly the same. I, this, of course, this coronavirus has, has affected us and it's changed us, but it hasn't changed my day to day. I wake up, come to work, work all day, work all night, come home, <laughs> we eat dinner and do it again. No, nothing has changed in my personal life. Um, it's, it's work and sleep and that's it. I mean, the one to one change, we are closed Monday, Tuesdays at Oak now. So I mm -hmm. do have two set days off in a row, which is uh, pretty awesome. And Annie, I think appreciates that too. So it's been the first time in 10 years I've had two days off in a row. And uh, that's, it's nice, but it's also a little weird too. Well, is maybe that one of the one things that are going to carry through after this, after this ends, are you going to try to continue with two days off? No, I, I can't do it. <laughs> she doesn't want me home for two days in a row. I get bonkers and there's no way. There's absolutely, even on those two days, I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Oak. I'm going to check out some stuff. I'm going to go. There's like, get, get out of the house, go do something. Like I can't, well, <laughs> I can't, okay. I can't, I can't do it. So it's better for both of us if I stay busy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, like I just mentioned, you know, I wanted to have you on the show and really just highlight, um, you know, when this thing happened and they were, and they told restaurants that they had to close, you were one of the first chefs I saw on Instagram and Facebook that was immediately, as soon as you were able to sell food uh, curbside, to do it and do it in a way with like thoughtful intention and love and care. Like you've always ran your business. And I, uh, you and I spoke before you actually took over your Instagram account and was just like, I'm, I'm doing this. If I'm going to, if I'm going to feed the community, I want to have control over the social media. How has that been? That's a new yeah. skill set that you taught yourself, I think. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm horrible on a computer. I, I'm surprised I was able to link onto this to do this with you. So my wife helped <laughs> me with this, but uh, I am brutal when it comes to the computer. You can ask my staff. But um, yeah. yeah, the th the thing is, um, as soon as it happened, I knew right away you, you're either gonna close your doors and not not give that 
that go at it or you're going to give the go at it. And just like anything, you're going to do it, do it 110%, get into it, dive into it face first and just really try to try to do the best you can. And uh, one of the things is we wanted to see if we could use social media as a way to get the idea out there of what we're doing daily, what we're doing to keep the staff busy, what we're, uh, you know, what we're featuring. Um, and it's something that we, you know, to us, social media, social media before had been like a chore. We're required to put some stuff up every day and the managers are required to put some things up. It's more of a chore. Now it was more of a um, kind of a obligation for us to, to kind of show what we're doing and say, Hey guys, you know, if, if you, you know, if, if you want to support us and you want to come in, we're going to give that right back to you, vice versa. Um, we're, we're going to try to make you meals that are first cost effective, um, that, that show some value. We, we always say that we want to have value in this restaurant. Prices are inflating, everything's inflating, but we still want to give value. Um, and, and we want to do variety as well. We want to do things where you can come to Oak a couple times a week and, you know, you're not getting tired of what we're doing, the same exact thing all the time. So we, we keep the menu moving. We don't keep it stagnant whatsoever. It's great for the employees we have here, and it's also great for the community. And um, the community, I cannot, I can't tell you, we, they, they put us in the weeds every single day. Like, we are in the weeds running, and I love it. I mean, if we're going to be here, we might as well run. And I think that's the best compliment I could give to the Boulder community is you guys put us in the weeds. Like, we're, we're running hard and hustling for dinner service, and that is a compliment. Like, uh, it's not a complaint. It's a compliment. We want to be running. You come to work, you should want to run, you should want to run hard, and they're doing it, and, and we appreciate it. We really do. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, the Boulder community is an amazing community, and they care deeply about their restaurants, and uh, I know you're one of the favorites, having lived there for, for, for a handful of years. So how has the relationship changed with your employees? Has um, it changed in a lot, or...? You know, we, we were able to keep on all of our management teams. So every single one of our managers at Oak is still currently employed at Oak. We haven't had to cut salaries or anything like that. We've kept them fully employed. Um, we did have to let go of the hourlies. We've kept a couple hourlies and we're bringing back some slowly now. But, um, you know, overall the relationship, I, I think they're mostly understanding the employees that were had to, had to let go. It, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, they were better <laughs> yes. off getting the unemployment. I mean, honestly, mm -hmm. um, even if I kept them here and kept them on, I would only be able to supply part-time and, and unemployment, unfortunately, was the way to, to, to make things work. And, you know, we do keep in touch with them. We provide staff meals twice a week that they can come pick up. Um, and we, we actually put it out on our schedule fly with, with the, the staff meal of the week is going to be the, the two times we do it so they can come get it. And we've been trying to keep the relationship. A lot of them, you know, I think want to kind of, this is a time they have time to go do something that they've never had and, and have some time for maybe themselves. And a lot of them show up for the staff meals and check in with us sure. while some of them are, are scared like everybody else. And they want to kind of, you know, keep some distance for now and either one's fine, but uh, you know, we just want to make sure they know we're here if they, you know, if they need anything. Um, unfortunately the hours aren't here quite yet. Um, and as far as our management team goes, they're just, they're studs. I mean, we've had, Sarah's been here with us four years. Dan's been here eight years. Um, Willie, Willie's been here now for four years. Um, Patrick's been here on and off now for four years. So we, we've got some vets here that know how to take care of business and they, they know what to do. And, and we're just trying to keep it, you know, keep the team tight, keep it consolidated. Um, and then the front of the house, we just run them with two. We're running with our general manager, Craig, and our bar manager, assistant manager, Scotty. And um, it's a close knit team. 
And when it gets busy, it gets busy. And we, we run. <laughs> I, I tell mm-hmm. them, I'm like, we have never had an easy service at Oak. There's always one time, one time in the, in, during the day, whether it be lunch or dinner, that we get our butts kicked. And I'm like, why are we surprised this is happening now? Like this, this restaurant has been a piece <laughs> since day mm-hmm. one. And whether it's a fire that knocked us out, which happened years ago, we don't like to talk about that. Or if, it's, yeah. or if it's coronavirus, this restaurant, for some reason, keeps coming. And uh, that's we, we just got to think that way. We got to think, hey, we're doing some things right. Let's keep doing that. And also, let's not rest on what we've done before. Let's let's keep pushing. Let's keep it keep it fresh. Let's keep, you know, keep the keep the, the customers and the guests engaged. And that's 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 what we've been doing. And we just try to keep doing that. Well, I mean, you continue to be an inspiration to me, my friend, and uh, you, the culture you've created there and the culture that comes naturally to you as a leader um, is unbelievable. And having this conversation with you reminds me of a, um, of a program that you put together for your staff and that, that program, I'm going to have you jump in here because I remember it and it was right before this, this all went down and you were having like an internal um, competition of like how to create. Yeah, what was that? Because that for me was probably one of the coolest um, staff team building exercises I've ever seen. And I would love to understand if you can distill that for us and, and, and also how that worked with your vendors, because I'm sure you had to work closely with your vendors because you were ordering kind of one-off things. So um, yeah. Maybe you can take over the conversation. Sure. So that's um, called our Culinary Olympics. Um, <laughs> and we've done it now three years in a row. Oh. The first year, when I told her when I was going to do it, they were all kind of like, what, what? I don't understand. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Like, it's a comp- it's cooking competition. I want, you know, these guys have some food, I think, that they want to do and they want to show that isn't always maybe ready to fit on the oak menu maybe a different type of cuisine, maybe a different type of style that's not maybe meant for the menu or something that maybe is too many touches or too, or too much prep that, that doesn't maybe fit in underneath this roof of this monster that you have to be able to get food out, you know? Um, so it was a kind of way to be like, Hey guys, you don't have to do what I, I say every day or what I'm kind of thinking or what the Oak way is. You could do whatever you want to do. So the culinary Olympics was a way for them to have a little bit of a voice and for them to, to cook what they want to cook and also try to, Hey, show off, you know, who doesn't want to show off to the boss? You know, I always want to love that. that. Oh my gosh. And I like to show off to the guests. So they probably want to show off as well, you know? So, um, yeah, three years ago, I think it was, I went and bought this massive trophy, this huge like goblet trophy and on it, it was inscribed culinary Olympics. And, you know, it was a way when I brought it in for people to be like, Oh, this guy's not messing around. You know, (laughs) he wants us to bring it impact. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, guys, I want to see you guys like drink champagne out of it when, when, when we get the winner. Or like, you know, I want to see you guys celebrate. And, um, and, and show me what you can do. That's really what I want to see. Show me what you can do. So, you know, every year we've picked a theme um, of, you know, I'll announce something. Like I, last year was terrine. I want to see some sort of terrine, uh, like a classic. You know, it could be yeah. a classic take on it. It could be a new modern way. just has to be some sort of a, a terrine. And that was last year's. This year's was uh, umami. I was like, bring me a dish. It could be a bite. It could be anything. It could, it could have been anything they wanted to, but bring me the umami. And um, the way we did it too is we teamed up uh, the teams 
where we have more cooks than managers, but we did, we, we made sure we didn't have any ma two managers together because that's, you know, that's kind of cheating, I think, because the managers, you know, the managers have a little more pull with the, the purveyors <laughs> and things like that. They'd be getting in all this crazy, they just shove, shaving truffles all over if they, if they wanted to. <laughs> so we wanted to kind of split it up. So, you know, you couldn't pick your teams and we just kind of drew, I drew all the names out of a hat put the teams together and I said, okay, you guys have, I gave him three weeks. I said, you have three weeks to come up with a dish that best represents what you think is umami. And um, I, I, I am not joking at all. There was not one dish that was a bad dish. There was not a dish that I was like, eh, I don't like this. I liked all the dishes and it really came down to like three dishes and I narrowed it down to two. And the last two, I was like, God, I, was like, I don't know. I don't know. They, they were, they were neck and neck the two dishes that, uh, that these guys did um and it was crazy because one of them was more of a comfort rustic dish and one of them was a really refined dish and i was like man I, and I just had to go back to what did i ask them i asked them which one had the most umami so i, I had to i had to pick it off of that but um it, it was great because you've worked in restaurants before i always think <laughs> a good amount of really? like well, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just saying, like, you, you know, well, when I say this, I think a, a good amount of, like, healthy trash talk is good, and course, they yeah. were, it was funny, the trash talk they were doing, you'd see someone setting up a dish, and, like, you know, one of the cooks would go by, and, like, you're gonna bring that to chef, you sure? And like, it was just, the, the nonsense they were talking to try to get in each other's heads was great, and, um, yeah, it was great. I, I, I told them, I was like, guys, you can use whatever you want. I don't care any product you want. I said, they'll reach out to the vendors. Or if you, you know, some of the cooks can't reach out to the vendors directly. I said, ask me, ask the sous chefs. You want a product, let's talk to the vendors and let's see what they can get us. And um, everybody came through, um, you know, and, and even some of the smaller things, we were able to just go to the, the, the market and pick up, you know, if we didn't want to bring in a full case or something like that. But the, the, the vendors were really gracious about it as well. And they were like, oh, that's great. Yeah, what are you doing? As long as we didn't ask for like two pounds of white truffle, you know, yeah. they were good to donate some food and things and, you know, we had some wagon because beef, this was this was at the end of last year, right around October, November, right? It was, yeah, it was. Yeah, okay. um, which is which is the time we, we kind of picked that time because it slows down a little bit before the holidays, and we wanted the staff too to get when those holidays hit. I mean, you know, those hurt. So we wanted them to have that kind of energy and that drive to go into the holidays and just be full force pumping. So when you do something like that, you know, you let people get their creativity out and let people kind of get a little bit of that, that kind of spunk out of them. You, you, you kind of ride that into the busy season. Um, we used to do that at the nail all the time. You know, you get to off season and you, you come back before a busy summer. You're like, man, I got to get this team moving because we're about to get clobbered. So you got to mm -hmm. think of ways to kind of get the team, you know, the team moving, get those wheels, wheels rolling. And, uh, yeah, we rode it right into the holidays and I had a great holiday as well. So I don't know if that affected it. Who, but uh, I, I who were the judges? Different. Me. I was the, the only judges? judge. Oh, I'm so what? biased. Oh, yeah. I'm the only judge. Steve. Heck yeah. I got it next year. Next year. Uh, right here. Yeah, judge? we could. I, you know, I thought about doing the judge as well, like multiple <laughs> judges, but I did give them three week time. So it was the tricky part was trying to link up you know, when I was going to be at Oak and when they were going to be at Oak and when they were going to present their dish. And I didn't want, you know, it, I didn't want it. The last thing I wanted to be was a, a tough thing for them to do or have, have to come in on their day off and do it. I wanted it to be easy as it could for them so they could focus on just making me a dish they were proud of. And, and that's Great. why I was just like, I'll be the only judge so we don't have to kind of coordinate a bunch of stuff together. And I was like, when you guys have your dish ready, you let me know and I'm ready to go. 
when uh, when I get ready to do the show notes, I'd, I'd love the two finalists so I can give them a little shout out. Absolutely. We'll give them a little love on the, Absolutely. on the, on the heroic hospitality. All right. Cool. Sure. And you know, it's, it, you, you say that, and this is a good kind of intro kind of bringing this back a little bit, but keeping that engine warm, I'm sure that spirit is helping in this period of time too, right? You're not just sitting in an empty, cold, dark restaurant. You, these, the, the ovens are hot and the oh, yeah. employees are working keeping their momentum going yeah it's a huge thing Uh, especially like you said it translates now to this you know like to me a chef is a lot of things a chef wears a lot of hats um people think that the chef they think right away the chef it's food it's food it's food it's food food. yes that's a big part of it but a chef has to be in my opinion this is just me they got to do a lot of things. They, they don't have to just cook food well. They don't have to just train well. They don't have to. They got to be a cheerleader and an ambassador for the kitchen. Because if I'm coming in and I'm just like, oh, man, you know, God, we're selling 55 kales today. Oh, you know, and I'm like, oh, I wish we sell a ton of kale. You know, I don't feel that way. I just, I'm like, the kale, people love it. It pays the bills. But if I'm coming in, you know, my energy's off, a full team's energy's off. So I have to know that, what I'm doing and what I'm putting on the menu and what I'm saying to the staff and how I'm interacting with the staff, it, 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 it can't be forced. They're going to know it's, I have to, I have to genuinely think it. And I think that's not to toot the horn, but I think that's my strongest capability more than cooking is coming in and being that, that leader and setting that example of, Hey guys, you know, we're at work, but it doesn't really have to feel like work. If we are a great team together, the day's going to go by so fast. We're going to make great food and we're going to have some great experiences with each other. And it's not going to feel like a daunting task. It's going to feel like, Oh man, we just went to battle with chef. We brought out all the artillery and we, we won tonight, whatever winning is we won tonight, you know? And, and that's what I want them to feel. I want them to feel like they, we can go to battle together every night and it's not, they're going home and they're just like, Oh God, I got to do this again tomorrow. No, I want them to have that energy and be like, I can't wait to do this again tomorrow. And that's the way I feel when I come in. So I try to say yeah. that to them. Well, it comes so naturally to you. So um, I'm just so happy to have you on this on, on the show and, and talking about it because it's a big part of why um, you're one of the most respected chefs in, in Denver. So how, how do you view um, – you've been a great mentor for your staff and you've been a great mentor uh, for the people that have kind of come through those doors of Oak and at your other restaurants, Acorn and at Brighter. And you've made some of those um, line cooks, managers, and now partners. You've done a great job kind of bringing people up and, and, um, and allowing them to flourish in their own way, whatever that means to them. How do you view mentorship? Like maybe when you were, like, what was it like back in 2006 at Cyrus restaurant or any time before that, you know, our, our industry is, I don't think that when we kind of, when we grew up through this industry, it's, I don't know if I personally looked at it as like, Oh, this is my mentor. I look back and I say, well, that was a mentor. How do yeah. you kind of view that when you were kind of coming up the ranks and maybe, you know, who, 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 who might've had some great influence on you? I know you have, other two amazingly talented brothers who are not just talented chefs, but are, are good friends of, of, 
of mine and your best friends, obviously. And so please. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, that part, that part was easy for me. The brother part, my, I'll, I'll, I won't drag this too long, but my brother who, when we were younger, I think I was maybe 15, 16, he was working at a pizzeria in New York. He left that pizzeria. He'd been there for years. He was leaving to go to the Marines and he was like, Steve, you need to start working. You need a job. Here's the job. What am I going to say? No excuse. I'm like, yeah, here, there's the job. So I jumped <laughs> in, I took his job and we'd work, the three of us have worked together when we were younger on and off for, for quite a few years at different restaurants. We popped between with each other and worked and interact with each other. And, and where is this? Where is this? Uh, this, this was in New York. Uh, yeah. This was uh, Long Island, upstate New York and then Manhattan as well. We worked together at a couple places. Um, oh yeah, right here. <laughs> uh, so I forgot. <laughs> um, so that to me, I think, I think that was a big advantage for me because we were always competitive against each other and we wanted to kind of one up each other. And when you're younger like that, you're not thinking this person is a mentor to me. You're thinking, man, I want to bury this guy. I want to run circles past him. I want to, I want to outwork him. I want to outhaul him. You know what I mean? And you're not thinking of that, but now when you get older and you look back at it, you're like, wow, yeah, these guys, these guys got me to move faster. These guys got me to care more. These guys got me to focus more. And I would definitely put my two brothers in that category for sure. There, there are not two harder working people in this industry. I will mm -hmm. promise you that than those two that. guys, mm -hmm. they are absolute animals. Um, they're just beasts. Maybe sometimes to a fault of ours, <laughs> but too much, but, uh, they, they, you cannot rival their work ethic. You just, it's not, it doesn't exist. I've worked in a lot of places and I'm like, wow. So I, I hope they do this with me. But when I do this with them, if I'm like, man, I'm tired or oh, that's a long day. I'm like, that's not a long day. You want to, you want to talk about a long day, like Frank O'Brien today, that's a long damn day. <laughs> so I'm like, suck it up and just get, let's go, let's go. So there's no time for excuses. There's nothing. Uh, the, there's no time for whining so i'm just like let's go i mean mom what would, what would these guys do so those guys have definitely you know evolved into, into definitely a mentor for me because to me a mentor is somebody you look at that you want to take a skill set from a mentality from uh something from something that you like that someone does that you want to emulate that you want to bring into your everyday life whether it be outside of work or inside of work a mentor doesn't just have to be work you know related mm -hmm. it could be anything um, so those two guys for sure, right off the bat easily, because, uh, if I'm looking for an excuse, I have no excuse because those guys, they don't make excuses. So neither do I. So, uh, them for sure. And then, you know, growing up, I'll tell you one, uh, I'll try to make it a quick story too. When I, when I moved into Manhattan, I was 18 years old and I knocked on the door of Le Cirque 2000 at the time. And at the time Le Cirque 2000 was number one, if not number two best restaurants in all of Manhattan. And this was way mm -hmm. back when. I'm, I'm old now. So that, that was the bar back at the time. When you go to Manhattan, you want to work, you work at Le Cirque. Then Danielle left Le Cirque and he go, you know, Danielle is one of the spots. La Bruna Den, who's still there, is one of the spots. Back at the time, Le Cirque was one of the great spots. And my dad, I remember always, you know, kind of told us, um, he didn't, I don't know the words he used to use, but it was something along the lines of, you know, if you want to become great, surround yourself with great people. Um, mm -hmm. it, the, the better people you surround with, the better you're going to become because you're going to try to keep up with those people Eventually, you're going to try to pass those people, and it's going to keep you pushing if you're, if you're around great people. So I knocked on that door at Le Cirque 2000, I don't know how many times, and no, 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 can't work there, no, 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 no. And then finally, let me come in. I worked for free forever, 
And uh, I worked for free, man. I was commuting, I don't know, two and a half hours to that restaurant each way. And I worked there twice a week while I worked at my other job at the, the pizzeria. So my two days off, I went and worked at the Cirque because I was like, man, I, I want to go and I want to work at a place. I want to, I you know, better myself. Like the pizza is awesome and that's, that's what I love. But if I want to do this. I want to see a full blown on restaurant. My dad's in my mind thinking, get <clears> yourself <throat> surrounded by great people. And I'm like, well, Cirque's the best. I want to be with the best. So they let me work there for about three months doing the two days a week. And then finally they offered me a job as just come in and be a veg prep guy and, and cook vegetables. Um, Entremetier, they called it, is the, is the name of it. And I jumped at it. I immediately took the position. I, I dropped everything and I took that job. And the chef that was there at the time, and I still speak to him, he and I just talked maybe a week ago. His name's Jens Dolman, big old German guy. If he hears this, he's going to, He's going to love this because there's a part in here he denies, which he can't. I have witnesses. <laughs> this dude was a massive, massive guy. And he, he turned into my, my mentor. He turned into a mentor because he pushed me so hard and he pushed me to just really get the best out of what I can do. And at 18 years old, he threw me on the line with these animals, these absolute like killer line cooks. Killers, he yeah. did not allow me to make an excuse. There was no excuse for anything, nothing. Like my veg sets had to come up when the protein was ready. No excuses. My cuts had to be like everybody else's. No excuses and did not let me get away with anything. So, you know, he rode me hard. Um, and you know you did, Jens. And, and I appreciate <laughs> it. But um, he rode me really hard. And, and I, I am really grateful for it. And he moved me up from, from that station to grill then, then I was, I think I was 20 years old because I remember I couldn't go out and, and legally drink with the staff after shifts, um, legally drink. And uh, he, he um, moved me to Saucier Station at, at, by year two. So I was the Saucier for this like four-star restaurant, like New York Times four-star restaurant in two years. And it was because he rode me and he wouldn't let me fail. He would not. He mentored me and made sure that I could tent meats when I was you know, that age and I, I nailed everything to a T. Otherwise, I knew he was coming after me. So I had to make sure I got it right and made sure I showed up before everybody else and I left before everybody else as well. I did that mentality that he did. I was like, if this guy is gonna work this many hours, I'm gonna work this many hours because he's investing time into me. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna be there for him and I'm gonna soak everything up. I'm soaking it up. And I remember I was on AMs and I'd show up at like 6 a.m. for the 8 o'clock shift. I'd, try, I'd run my butt off to get my station set up. And then I'd finish lunch, prep and help the dinner crew, and I'd stay for dinner because dinner was a different menu. So I wanted to see the dinner menu as well. And he was like, Steve, soak up as much as you can. And I remember we got to about year two, two and a half now, and I'd been on Saucier now for six months. And um, he came up to me. He's like, Steve, you have learned everything that I could teach you in this restaurant at this you know this menu, you know all the stations, you know all the prep. Um, he's like, now I think you should go learn from somebody else. And I was like, oh boy, I'm like, what did I do something wrong? What did I do? And, you know, looking back on it, I wasn't ready to be a manager by no means. I only knew the cuisine that he had taught me. And I only knew the food that I had learned there. And to me, now looking back, I'm like, well, you never master anything, you don't. But I think that I, I achieved what I needed to do as a line cook. And I thought I was in trouble. And I was like, oh, you're, you're kicking me to the curb. You're firing me. He introduced me to John George, just 10 blocks up the road. Told John George, this guy needs a job with you. I can let him go in about a month or so. I don't remember the exact, it was so long ago. And you know, 
little little loose over here. But uh, he yeah. basically introduced me to the chef mm -hmm. there and got me a job there, and, and and basically almost you know walked me over and got me the job there. And uh, who does that? Nobody does that for somebody. Nobody. But mm -hmm. he knew that it was time for me to go and it was time for me to see something else. And back then. I think nowadays maybe that doesn't work as well, but back then that was the move that he believed in. And, uh, you know, like what, what a move, like what a move he, he may, you know, maybe he didn't actually want me there anymore. <laughs> he didn't like, I don't know if maybe he was like, I'm tired of this kid asking 3000 questions a day. Let me get him out of my hair, get him on to somebody else. But, um, yeah, I mean, that move was huge. So like that guy, I think about him and I'm, I just think about, you know, he didn't have, he got moved up as well and maybe he didn't have as much time to spend with me. And, and he was like, Steve, I want you to learn from this guy. And, and learning from John George was a completely different way of learning, completely different. Mm -hmm. And it was great because, you know, then I had two, two sides of Manhattan that I saw how to run restaurants. Neither one was better than the other, just two different ways that they went about their business. And I think that I, I took what I wanted from each one and left behind the things that I didn't want. And yeah. So, that was a, I don't know, that was, a, that was a huge, huge, one of my huge mentors. And then we can get into John George a little bit. He's another guy that, how yeah. could you not like that guy? I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, I've never worked with him, but I've just heard nothing but uh, very rewarding stories. Let's just put it that way. I know he was a challenge, but it's, uh, you know, the people that I spoke to that have worked with him, it's, that's the one kind of common theme that I've always heard is it's always extremely rewarding to work with people that challenge you in such a way. But you said you talked to him recently. What would you guys, what did you, did you just pick up the phone and call him or what was the. He texted me and he was like, Hey, I hope everything's okay. I hope you're holding in there. Well, and uh, oh, good. he comes out to Colorado maybe once a year or so. Um, Does he ever cook at the restaurant yeah. with you? He's been to Acorn twice. Yeah. Yeah, we've had him eat at Acorn twice, and uh, good. You know, he he told me he loved everything. I don't, I, I don't think he. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he. I don't know. He might just be like, you know. But uh, I, oh, I really man. respect his opinion because you know. Of he, course, yeah. He holds himself to high regards. Um, That's but, awesome. Uh, yeah, he's, he's been to he's been to Acorn twice. Um, and, good. Uh, yeah, it was it was so it was, it was almost a little emotional for me to have him in. Yeah. Because I was like, wow. I'm like, like, oh. Like even now, I'm just like, it's just crazy because he, like he taught me so much. He, he taught me to move, I don't know if I, cursing, but move my ass is what he oh, said. Yeah, whatever, Steve, yeah. Steve, move your ass is what he used to say every day. Move your ass. And I remember that. And I remember having him sitting down in the dining room at Acorn and I remember talking to the staff and I was like, this guy, he's a big deal. Like he's a big deal. <laughs> you might not know him, but he's a big mm -hmm. deal. So Lex, please take care of this guy. We're going to style him out. We're going to. We're going to freaking schmooze the table. We're going to do everything. Because to me, that's been one of the biggest top five VIPs we've had in the restaurant. Um, my family's eaten at the restaurant easily top five. He's been in the top five. Um, you know, th those are my type of top fives. So, yeah. You know, if I could have well, Bruce Lee and he'd make the top five. But, you know. Oh, yeah. My little, my little shout out to him yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wow. I mean, that's, that's emotional when, when, I mean, he genuinely cares for you. I mean, the fact that he carved out that time to eat at your restaurant and told you to move your ass every day. I mean, that's just showing genuine like care and love and support, even though it doesn't feel like it at the time. And I think that that's what this industry misses a lot is how you receive that type of information. 
from somebody that's pushing you really hard. I think it was more acceptable back in the day when we came up through the ranks at, at, at four-star restaurants. And, uh, and that's, and, and, and that's what I believe you give to the people that have kind of come through your doors, what hard work really means. And for people to see that, whether it's for them or not, at least they've had the experience to be around not only greatness, but what hard work really means because there's a lot of people out there that don't work hard. They work, but they don't work like, like I'll say, like you work, you know, first in last out and enrolling people in your vision is so important. And that's part of hard work because it's, it's hard to let um, control go. And I know that you're a big component of allowing people to recipe create, tweak, develop, except for the kale salad, of course. I can't even <laughs> that's touch it. I can't. I, if I, <laughs> that's if already I, said. I, yeah, they'll break the windows. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, so who, who in Colorado are you looking up to right now? Is there someone in Colorado that you kind of, during, uh, during this specific period of time, during the, 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 the COVID deal, is there someone that you're holding on a pedestal or maybe that's the wrong way of saying it, but like, who are you looking up to right now? Or who's, a, who's doing a great job of managing their business and, and showing up for their community and their teams? Sure. Um, well, you know, a couple, you know, some of them are, are companies that I've seen. Um, like we, mm -hmm. we have a good relationship with Fresh Guys. Um, they're mm -hmm. a produce company. Um, Peter is the owner of, uh, of the produce company. He has been, a lot of our sales reps have said, Hey, we're there for you, whatever you need, what, what, you know, what do you need? What do you, he, he stood about everything. I mean, really him and, um, his rep Linnell, if I need one thing and, and we try not to do this and I tell our team, don't take advantage of, you know, people's generosity. But if we needed one thing, these guys, those first few weeks when we didn't know what we were doing and we were just trying to get this thing rolling, they would come up and they, they were like, nope, we're bringing it to you. Whatever you want, we're bringing it to you. And I'd be like, listen, all I need is a case of dip lettuce. Uh, I'll come down and get it. They're like, nope, you're busy enough. I'm coming to you. I'm bringing you that. I'm br you stay there. I'm bringing it to you. And I remember that because everybody said, hey, we got your back. You tell us what we need. You don't have to hit minimums. You don't have to do this. Those guys said it and they really, they came through. Like there's awesome. one thing to say and one thing to not. And they really have come through and, they, and they, they, they've done everything. I mean, another, another guy too, that I, I'd only known mm. him. I've never worked with him, but um, uh, Justin Brunson, you know, I've never worked with him in restaurants, but he has River Bear, um, his, his butcher shop out now. I've been so impressed with the quality of his product. Um, and we're trying to use, you know, we're trying to support everybody here. And, and, and those guys as well, they're, they're coming through for us. I'm like, Hey, I want to try it. Can I try a sample of this? Can I see this? They're on it. They're, they're, they're sampling everything. They're, they're, they're coming. They're, they're responsive on the phone right away. There's no excuses with them. Um, and another thing is honesty. If they can't do something, they tell you right away. No, that's not for us. Or we can't do it. They don't beat around the bush. They're coming through right away. Um, and, and their product has been phenomenal. We've been featuring, I don't know if you've seen it. We feature a lot of their products now on mm -hmm. this, this limited menu that we're doing and the feedback's been great. And, you know, those, those guys stick out to me because they, they said they were going to do something and they did it and, and they're doing it. And, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of stepping out of their comfort zone. They're having to work more by doing it. Oh my um, God. And, and, you know, we see a bigger effort. We really do. 
um, because their, their hands probably aren't tied. It's, it's not anyone's fault, but we see a bigger effort from the smaller companies. The smaller companies like Tenali's, for example. Um, I don't know if you know Tenali's Meats. They're doing a great job. Um, they, yeah, we used them at Lower 48. <clears throat> yeah, they're, do, they're doing a great job. It, it's that family relationship. That whole place is run by family. They, they're so responsive. If they tell you, again, they can't do something, it's no hard feelings. They just can't do it. But you, some of the bigger companies, you know, their hands are tied a little bit of what they can do and what they can't do. And you're seeing these smaller companies go above and beyond to try to get you what you want. Um, you know, we sell a ton of pork shoulders here. We couldn't get anybody to, you know, our normal rep to get the pork shoulders mm-hmm. cut. And we were like, hey, you know, Tenali's, what do you think about this? He's like, give me, give me a shot. Let me see. And they started cutting them and the pork shoulders. It's a great family menu item for this time, you know, for everybody to come home, sit down and have a pork shoulder share. For, for family of four. So we're like, this is important for us to keep these family style plates on. And we're like, but you know, some of these butchers can't cut them. So now was like, Hey, give me a shot. Let me cut them. And that's a small mom and pop place that you see right there. They want the business They're They're working hard for that business. So look at the effort. They could have just been like, you know, I don't know. That's not something we do. Or eh, I don't know. You know, it might not sound like a big thing to some people, but right now, one of the big challenges is sourcing and sourcing product and trying to get product to your specifications um, that you can pass along to the guest. And, they, you know, when you have a purveyor like that, that is willing to, to step out of their comfort zone and try something different or, or try a different cut or, or at least listen to what you're trying to do, it makes, makes a big deal. It really is a big wow. deal. It doesn't sound like a big deal, but it is. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And you must have how many... 15 to 20 specialty purveyors too. So it's hard to manage yeah, all we, of these we have relationships. Yep. We have a yeah, ton. these relationships are really challenging to manage. And, yeah. and that, that was one of my questions. Um, but before maybe we get there, I just want to say, you know, Justin Brunson, I, I texted him yesterday and then I asked him to pick up the phone and he called me within 10 minutes. Um, I think I told you my uncle has a big property, a big ranch down in Southern Arizona. And he's, he's trying to figure out how to sell his cattle. And so Justin was so unbelievably generous with his time with me. I mean, this was just yesterday. And so the fact that you just mentioned his name, um, I got a little chill up my spine because, you know, he's, 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 he picked up the phone, he called me and he answered my question and was gracious and offered his, his, uh, his resources and um, was just, just an amazing, uh, just an amazing gesture. So I, I hats off to River, River Bear. So yeah. I'll definitely put that in the notes as well. And uh, um, cool. I mean, what? Uh, how can we support you, Steve? What can we do uh, as a as a community of people, as Denver, as Boulder, as the Front Range, as Colorado? As what can we do? Yeah, I mean, you know, the easy thing that people would say is come in and support the restaurant and and, you know, get some takeout and things like that. But, um, you know, maybe even more important is if you like something, you know, don't be afraid to uh, tell your friends about it. Like, like talk mm-hmm. about it, speak about it. Um, and also too, another thing, don't be afraid. And this is something I should put on social media is if there's something that, you know, you want to see out of your local restaurant, ask them. You know, when we first, um, the first week we started doing this, you know, to-go menu, we only had maybe two vegetarian items on it. And I was, you know, I, I heard, the first time I saw it, I saw it on social media and it was like, hey, you know, we love your restaurant. Can't wait till you reopen. Any chance of a couple more vegetarian options? Boom, right away, I'm going home that night. I'm thinking, what can I get on this? I, wanna, I want 
to, I mean, we're in the hospitality field. Our, our job is to take care of the guests. Mm-hmm. Our job is to listen to the needs of the guests and kind of respond to it. And we, we, you know, right away we put on, I don't know, it's going bananas. We sell a ton of these. We did, uh, we're doing a fried rice, like a, a matsu, uh, maitake fried rice with, um, you know, with the egg in there, scallions. Um, we make a, a truffled tofu kind of cream. So it's dairy free as well. And the response nice. has been huge over that vegetarian. And I, I'm telling you, people are just like, do not take that off the menu when you reopen. That's just, that's the staple with the kale. Keep those two on. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to have problems. You know, they threaten us in a nice way sometimes. But um, don't be afraid to tell us, you know, what you what you want. I mean, if, if there's something that you're craving or there's something that, that we're not filling the, the void with, um, we want to know. And, and, you know, that's mm-hmm. something that helps us out as well because the guests have been so – I mean, they've been – I, the response is crazy. We, we really didn't think we would be this busy and knock on wood, we keep being this busy, but if there's something that you want, we, we're here to listen. I mean, that's, that's, that's what we, we want to know. I mean, if someone's like, Hey, you know, we want to do a uh, full pig roast dinner. I'm like, well, we might have to wait on that a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, if there's something that you see that there's a void missing or, or a craving that you're having or something, I, I want to know, I want to know what it is because I want to know how to take care of the community. They've been taking care of us. I want to know how to take care of them. And I think if it's That's an amazing street, message. Yeah. we're going to keep being busy if we keep listening to them and we keep providing quality and they, you know, give us their honest feedback of what they like. Um, we're we're going to try our best to, to fill that void. Yeah. That's an amazing message, uh, Steve. Thank you for that. And I hope the listeners uh, take you up on that. Are you going to continue to run the social media when this, uh, when this I, whole thing ends? I, I still do a good amount of it, but I've asked our managers. So, so if I, you know, shoot off to brighter, or I'm trying to work on the pizza thing now, uh, or if I'm doing something else, they're taking over like, and they're doing it. Cause I'm like, it's really important to get our face out there. Um, mm-hmm. a big thing to anybody is you, you gotta be present. You, you have to be, you know, you, you have to be current and you have to be present. Otherwise restaurants right. will kind of fade off. You know, there's so many, so many choices that you've got to mm-hmm. stay on the top of people's list and, and you got to remind them, Hey, this is, we're still here. This is why we're, you know, this is why we're mm-hmm. doing what we're doing. And, you know, like the pop-ups that we do, we, um, we do pizza pop-ups. You know, we've done two of them now. We sell out those pizza pop-ups in a half hour. All the pizzas are done. We've done um, in the past before pre-corona, we've done dim sum pop-ups. Like who the hell are we to be doing dim sum, you know, at Oak. Um, but the reason to do it is not to make money. It doesn't, it doesn't make money. These pop-ups don't make money. Um, we, we break even on them, basically. The reason to do it is to stay current and to, to stay, mm-hmm. you know, like in, in the guest mind and be like, hey, guys, we're not resting on what we've done the last 10 years at Oak. We want to continue to make sure that we're present and we want to make sure that we're giving you some, some options. We're, we're giving you some things mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe you can't have somewhere else in Boulder. So that's why you do it. And, uh, yeah. So I, ran. Um, I actually um... – I mentioned brighter. I was interviewed on a podcast, Justin, uh, um, Jensen Cummings, excuse me, uh, his podcast yesterday. And we mentioned, I mentioned brighter because of the model and how much I appreciate that model. And now that model is more important than ever, but, um, tell us about your new pizza spot and then we can wrap this up. Yeah. So, uh, to me, you know, when I, when I'm getting older now, we've gone over this three times. now. Look at the, look at the age over here. Um, you know, when I was younger, you're not I, a big complainer, but it sounds like you're complaining. I'm not a big complainer. I just, I'm talking truth here. Look at this. Look at this. this is, these are facts. This is science right here. This is science. <laughs> but, um, 
I uh, well, hopefully this is not complaining. I'm gonna try to. Uh, no, to what I'm just thinking. Um, <laughs> I'm know, old. When, when I was younger, I think a lot of people <laughs> will say this. When you're younger, you take a lot of risks. You take a lot of yeah. chances. And you know, I, I would take some risks and chances. Now, as I'm getting older, I'm like, you know, do I really want to risk, especially in, in this market, even even pre-corona, in this market? Do you want to take those big risks anymore? And to me, I my first job told you was at a pizzeria and my thing is my days off i'm making pizza at the house you came over that one night remember and i, I got I, just, I of course i just yeah. got dough and i'm like mario i got some dough i can i can rip some pizza out, out of the house <laughs> quick so i i love doing that i love cooking for people i love and and i love making pizza i love touching dough every day and i mean if there's one thing someone's like you can do one type of food every day and you couldn't do anything else what would you do it would be really hard but i think i would go with the pizza route i, I would um it's just that I don't know, just working with it, it, it just, it makes me relaxed. It makes me I don't know, gratified at the end of the day. But, you know, I was looking at a bunch of real estate here in town and I had actually checked out three or four other places to do this pizza spot. And um, a couple of them got pretty darn close. And then one of them in particular was pretty close to signing a deal on. And then Avanti came into the picture and Avanti, we talked and um, Patrick uh, O'Neill, who, who's one of the owners of Avanti, kind of talked with me and he was like, Steve, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, uh, you know, I heard you, you know, pizza. And I was like, I, I love to do pizza. I said, I'm actually looking for a spot. He goes, well, let's, you know, let's talk a little further. So we sat down and at, at first I was like, I'm not sure, you know, I don't know. I'm looking for my own spot. I want to do my own space. And, uh, you know, we sat down and he was like, well, what do you think about this opportunity? He was like, we're going to have, you know, five different, five or six different kind of food stalls down in the main floor. And then the rooftop is going to have one spot. It's going to be pizza only. And mm -hmm. I was like, holy moly. And don't get me wrong. I don't mind sharing. I, I, I'm a good sharer. I can play with others. <laughs> but I was like, if I can get my own spot on the roof with these crazy views and literally, Mario, I could look out Oak right now and I could see the spot where it's going to be. So mm -hmm. to me, if I can watch out for my baby Oak and I can also make pizza over there as well on a rooftop with these crazy views, the winning. whole time I tried to not seem too interested when he was talking to me and I was like, hey, it's interesting. I'll think about it. I'll, you know, <laughs> let me mull it over. And I was, as soon as I left, I was like, hell yeah, I'm doing this. Um, it was just a win-win and, and working with these guys too. They're super professional. They seem like they got, you know, they, they know what they're doing. They really do. I think they run a tight ship. I've been to their Avanti um, place in Denver numerous mm -hmm. times. Uh, it seems like they, they, they put in a, a, a huge amount of effort. They think things thoroughly they're a great operator, I think. And that's a big thing. I wanted to be in with a great operator also. So it kind of, it just seemed to work out really well. And um, yeah, we, we started talking and uh, th these guys, they, I don't know, they've been so, they've been so great. They had an oven picked out that they wanted to already use in the space. And I was like, you know, that oven's good, but you know, the kind of pizza I want to do uh, requires a different oven. They're like, what kind of oven is it? And I showed him it. This oven is the Rolls Royce of ovens. It's out of Sweden. It's called uh, Pizza Master. If you're going to put the name Pizza Master on it, it better be good. This is the Rolls Royce of oven. And these guys, we had a quick dialogue about it. And they were like, okay, if that's the oven you want, let's get it. Boom, let's do it. And they've been nice. so gracious. So now I got to step it up and I got to do my part and I got to bring some good pizza. So, you know, you know, it, it, I'll, I'll bring the good pizza. <laughs> but, you know, I, I was just kind of surprised how these guys have been it. so, they've been so gracious. They've been so easy mm -hmm. to work with. They've been... Uh, everything's a dialogue with them. It's not a, this is the way it is. That's it. They want great tenants in there 
and we, I want to work with a great operator. So it, it, I think in that case, it has to be a dialogue. It can't just be like, this is it. And that's, you know, it, it's, it's not a it's, typical landlord relationship is what you're saying as well. It's yeah. not, that's exactly, it's not, yeah. it's not my way of the highway. It's, you know, it's some a partnership. Rules that are it sounds true, like, yeah, it, it is, <gasps> it is. It's a partnership. Oh, I don't know what happened. Uh-oh. There we go. Mine says record <laughs> still. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't know what happened. It looked like, uh, yeah, I, I went off the, I went off the radar there. But um, so when so do you open? This uh, summer, we're looking now. Of course, they had to push things back. They're only allowed mm -hmm. a certain amount of uh, workers in there at a time to do the construction. So um, we're looking probably around beginning of August. Okay, good. My birthday's in August, so maybe before the end of August, we can do a little something up there. Deal. Okay, yeah, good. I, I just want to, you know, Steve, again, I, I know I've said this before, but really acknowledge kind of your hard work and how you're allowing the younger generation to see what hard work really means, an honest effort. You show up for your employees every day. You're showing up for your community. And I just want to say thanks for, uh, for doing that for, for the state of Colorado and the front range and Boulder, Colorado. So 